0: This is Tectonic, a weekly talk show revolving around the seismic shifts in technology culture and the digital age. This is episode number 22. I am Joe Darnell, your host, and with me is Mr. Joshua Pfeiffer.
1: How do you do? Hey, man. Good evening. Doing well. It's uh, so great to be
0: back on our show together, and we have our guest from episode eight back with us. We have Mr. Joe Coyote from the Diagnostics and Usage podcast. Welcome back.
2: Thank you for having me back, gentlemen. It's good to be here.
0: Mr. Coyote, I am so happy for you. I saw that your show made a significant upgrade this past week. <laughs>
2: it did. It did. We are now uh, a part of the 5x5 Podcast Network. We couldn't be more happier. It's, it's, it's pretty surreal, especially because uh, 5x5 Podcasts were basically the first podcasts I've ever listened to. It's pretty awesome to be now be on the network.
0: Okay, so what episode or sorry, what show did you start with when you started listening? Can you remember?
2: Yeah, I actually wrote a little blog post when we announced our move to five by five the first show the first five by five show I listened to was the talk show um with John Gruber and Dan Benjamin, and that kind of spiraled into me listening to hypercritical back to work the pipeline and and it kind of just uh snowball effect and uh, I wound up listening to like ten podcasts
0: mm. So on Diagnostics and Usage with your co-host, Cody Coates, you'll probably be interested in this week's big news concerning the uh, Apple TV announcements. Mm. We got the mother load. We we got a a heck of a (laughs) lot from Mark Gurman this past week. Mark
2: German is on fire with his, his scoops, but I, I do have to say, especially this year, uh, another reporter who's also on fire is John Paskowski from BuzzFeed. He's came he came out of nowhere and he has now been producing a lot of exclusive you know leaks that you know I, hopefully they are, are true. I know Mark German has built up a big track record so we'll see with this event if, if John's sources are, are just as uh, accurate.
0: Now, you also had a personal life upgrade, Joe, so (laughs) I'm very curious to hear what you think of your new Apple Watch. You got this for your birthday, uh, happy birthday. You're you're 35, uh, (laughs) 55. How old are you?
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Time (laughs) passes by really
0: fast when you're using an Apple Watch.
2: (laughs) Exactly. I turned 27 on August 22nd, and uh, my wife... My wonderful wife surprised me I mean I was not expecting this, but she surprised me with a 42 millimeter stainless steel watch with a Milanese loop um, Wow and uh, I mean it is it is it is a beauty uh, you know I, I wake up every morning and I just stare at it on my wrist because it's I mean without w- without even interacting with the device, it's just a beautiful timepiece. Personally, I would have been happy with the sport, um, but this was definitely the one that I truly wanted. And it's perfect timing because WatchOS 2.0 is around the corner. Did you have
0: a watch before?
2: So I had a Michael Kors watch, but I (laughs) <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I seldom wore it. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. It did not count. And it, it was something that I broke out uh, very rarely. Um, so it is interesting now to have something on my wrist every single day. Um, but it's not uh, It's not uncomfortable. Um, and
0: I'm, I'm already used to it. You know, a funny thing, one of my relatives, I won't say who, uh, someone who doesn't fully appreciate the scope of having a device like this was talking to me about the Apple watch and I explained how I take it off at night so it can charge. And this person asked me, Oh, well then do you want to wear, could you wear the other watch I gave you at night when you go to bed, when you're not wearing the Apple watch? And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. I can, oh, I can man. Do that. that that's, that's a good idea. I always have the time.
1: Unless that person was Johnny Ive. I would say, no, <laughs> I cannot wear your watch. I'm sorry.
0: Now, another thing, Coyote, is you actually had the most delicious looking cake. Now, wow, did your wife make this or was this just, you know, special order? This isn't a Johnny Ive cake.
2: Yeah, it was equally uh, amazing and surprising. She did not make the cake, but um, my sister actually had a, a friend, a friend she knew that made these custom cakes um and my my wife actually made me an iphone cake on our wedding day i mean this is (laughs) this is ultimate fanboyism right here um but yes this cake um is an exact replica it's the same model with the milanese um even the watch face the i believe it's the utility watch face on the cake and instead of showing uh the date complication on the bottom it says happy birthday joe so like this she went all out wow
0: (laughs) impressive yeah it's pretty awesome was it what? What kind of cake was it?
2: So the cake was uh, dark chocolate, peanut butter, and mousse. Okay,
0: uh, it's yeah. not very apple-like, but it <laughs> sounds very delicious. It was. It was very delicious. So I imagine you actually prefer the utility watch face. That's what everybody uses.
2: Yeah. Um this I really haven't used anything else. I, I really like it. It's it's simple, but it's it's really pretty. And I tried to switch to a couple other watch faces and it just didn't feel just didn't feel right. I, I've been I've been digging the utility watch face, but more importantly I'm I'm excited for third party complications because that's You know, I use a lot of third-party apps, so it'll be nice to be able to tap on the date and have it bring me into like Fantastical instead of the um, Apple Calendar app.
0: Yeah, I have a very good feeling about watchOS 2. I think it's going to polish a lot of the rough edges. One of the concerns I have right now is that, well, you know, the critics are saying how the third-party apps are sluggish. I feel like some of the native apps are sluggish too, but this is just something I have observed over the last three months of having the watch, and I feel like the whole thing could be a little bit snappier. And knowing that the watch, well, what the software was when they released the first generation months ago, it just feels like uh, Watch OS 2 is probably the refinement of Watch OS 1. So it's not so much about extra features as it's about making it snappier so that. There's people like me who are more satisfied with its, its overall speed.
2: Yes, Apple has their, they always have their um, kind of goals as to when they want to release a product. And sometimes they set a date and they, they will put it out no matter what. But I really think watchOS 2.0 is what they really wanted to actually launch with back in April. Because um, it is, it, you know, the third party apps are now running native on there. Things feel snappier from what I hear. Uh, and it's just, it's just more full featured and, and more fully thought
0: out. Do you feel like they need to add watch faces to satisfy what you want to get out of the watch face? Because I'm really happy with the selection. I I know I was just saying a minute ago, everybody is using the utility face, but there's a lot of people who want to see more options and more granular variety. I, I don't feel like I need that in the near future.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think one nice touch with 2.0 is that they're going to now allow you to set your own personal photo or photo album on your watch face. And I think that's um, I think that's all I would really want to do. I, the actual faces themselves, they, there's enough flexibility in the customization currently in all these faces that, I mean, if these were the same faces two, three years down the line, but there was just more custom aspects of it, I would totally be fine with that.
0: Do you have any desire to exercise with your watch? Because I use it regularly for that. Um,
2: well, I'm not a huge exerciser and it's, it's – Well,
0: uh, let me be more specific then. You walk around, a lot around the city, right? Would you consider some of that your exercise or are you more practical than that and just view it as – Walking is walking. Well, I
2: would because certain certain uh, aspects of my job, sometimes I'm in, in, in an office all day, but certain aspects, I'm running around the city and I'm taking a subway to a certain area and I'm doing a lot of walking. And I was actually, one thing that really surprised me, um, I tweeted this out a, a week or two ago, is that uh, at the end of a, a day last week, it said I did 19,000 steps. <laughs> um And I was blown away from that. I did not realize I took that many steps in a day. So I definitely think that some of this, um, you know, walking slash sprinting around the city is keeping me a a little more healthier than Mm. uh, if I were in a suburban area kind of just driving from place to place.
0: Mm. I think just having the awareness that the watch is tracking my exercise or my activity is highly motivational. I Started exercising regularly back in the fall of 2014, and now I've been regularly going to the gym every week for about four months. That's great. And yeah, having the watch, though, is one of those things that brought more of the awareness of how this all works uh, into my life. The one thing, though, is that in spite of how motivational it can be to have the watch on your person to always tell you how well you're performing, it's really just good at recording your cardio results. And that's not very useful if you want well-rounded training in all areas, you know, get some free weights and also maybe some isometric exercises more than just running and jogging and uh, rowing and stuff like that. I I feel like they need to find a way to have better tracking of lifting weights and the like, because it, that's actually kind of important to people over the age of 30. and uh, I, I know younger people too that care about their their physique and for whatever reason but for me it's just about living healthier and i never got in shape in shape in my life i i realized that i've neglected this my whole life and i want to turn that around the the problem here is is that it just records cardio really well and nothing else really all that well so i could be burning about twelve thousand calories from lifting weights and doing Mm. push-ups and it'll treat it like it was a cardio workout and tell me I only burned 220.
2: Yeah, see, I don't know if the improvements that Apple would have to make to to give you more data would require hardware um or just more software with the with the with the current hardware that it has in there, but I don't know if you remember, I think I forget which news um site Apple will let them visit like their fitness center and they had all these people working out.
0: Yeah. It was a good video.
2: And it was surprising. I did not realize the amount of research and resources Apple put in to cater the health aspect of the watch. So I think some people who don't exercise regularly don't realize that probably a good half of the effort that they put in um, when when they made this watch was, you know, for exercising and for, for health conscious people. Um, but I do agree. I think that they should hopefully be able to be more accurate, but I'm, I'm, kind of nervous that that means that it requires new hardware meaning you got to upgrade you know (laughs) uh, in a couple months (laughs) yeah
0: yeah i i think i'll be using this watch for a while yet can you see yourself upgrading on a regular cycle with your watch because i'm thinking i'm on about a three year cycle with my ipad a two-year cycle with my phone maybe a five-year cycle with my macbook and i i don't know what i would like to do with my watch if i intend to replace it anywhere in the near future, just because of a new model.
2: I think you made a good point about the iPad, because that's something that people do not update often. And I feel like I could um, have the same type of uh, situation with my watch. I feel like I could probably easily go three years without replacing this device. I mean, if they make it thinner, I mean, that's great, but I really don't feel like I have a bulky thing on my wrist. No, no. And and if it's speed improvements, yeah. Um, I mean, eventually, yeah. If it, if it becomes just dog slow and it's you know not able to keep up, uh, I think of course it eventually want to update. But I could easily go three years, or at least that, that's the way I see it right now.
0: Mm, and I should hope that Apple would be discouraged about upgrading the the software on a device that's not able to support it very well so if they get to a point they're at at watch os 5 or 6 and it's really not well suited for this hardware i should hope that they cut it off at the point at which it will begin to degrade the speed of this watch because for the people who treat a watch just like a watch and they in the classic sense want to use it until it dies you don't want the watch to just seem sluggish for no apparent reason, exactly. except that you downloaded some kind of upgrade.
2: Absolutely. And and one last thing, the, the battery has been, I mean, just as good as everyone explained it to be. I mean, I've never had to worry about... Uh, about battery dying before I go to bed, and it's it's really uh, you know a lot of people made a big thing like oh it's another thing to charge, but it, it takes less than a second to just drop it on the on the little magnet charger and and, and take it off in the morning.
1: I'm actually very excited. I I've yet to buy uh, an Apple watch. I've yet to actually see an Apple watch. I keep taking, uh, trips to Best Buy in my, in Podunkville where I live and, and they, and yet it's still not there. So I'm looking forward to actually physically seeing one with my eyes and touching one with my fingers. But the, the big picture of health and, and monitoring all of that stuff, I'm, I'm very excited about. I think, I think there's a huge future in it, but anytime I've ever touched or used any sort of electronics to measure some sort of exercise i've always been disappointed and I, I didn't think apple was gonna just come up with some sort of brand new invention right off the bat uh so i am super glad that they're moving in this direction and that there's a, a demand i guess in uh, for this in the future you know especially as more and more of us are sitting on our rear ends you know working making a living you know, sitting uh health is going to be a huge issue so'm I'm, I'm excited that there's there's demand there, and that there's research going into it, but I am not surprised at all that, that there's uh, some disappointment, I guess, in in uh, version 1.0. And until we get our some sort of chip implanted to measure like real time hormones and real time, you know, there's just only so much you can do from touching and looking at a wrist. You know what I mean? There's, I mean, the human body is just so complicated, especially when you're uh, lifting heavy weights and all of the different things that go on. I mean,
0: see, I can't imagine putting a chip in my body, no matter how friendly or,
1: Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to be an apple, apple chip. And and you're going to love it in about three years. You'll be fine. Really? See, just relax. It won't, it'll only sting. It'll only sting for uh, a minute.
0: I I don't know, man, that's too much for me.
1: I know we've been through this on the show before, but that's the only way you're going to get good data. You need data. I'm an engineer here. This is why you've got me. You need data.
0: Yeah. And you're right. You're very right. I just don't see a company like Apple introducing a product where they say we are going to stick something under your skin and you're going to be totally okay with this. It's going to be a great sensation. <laughs> I just don't see it. Uh, I I know that there are companies that are working on that kind of product. It just it seems really far out to imagine.
1: Well, I mean, look at uh, Google is working on the. Uh, I guess one of their companies. I guess Alphabet is now working on this. The the contact lens that measures blood glucose level. You know, I'm I'm a huge you know proponent of of guess understanding the hormones in your body and how that all impacts health and uh, your glucose level is is huge for everyone especially diabetics but anyone that has any sort of extra weight they want to get off so you know and and they're already working on that where where, you know it's i believe it's providing some sort of real-time feedback that's just the, the beginning you know so yeah interesting yeah
0: how about you, Coyote? Can you see yourself taking a chip for Apple or eventually Google <laughs> too? Or what, what if you switch? Like oh, what man. if you you were on the platform <laughs> with the one and then you switch to another platform and so you have to get rechipped? I just, uh, this is so weird.
2: It, yeah, it seems, it seems like that's, it, can you imagine the product <laughs> reviews? Yeah, seriously. It seems like that might be like 10 years out, but right now I'm with you, Joe. I don't see myself going to that extreme, but I do understand, uh, Joshua's point where, you know, your, your thoughts on this may change once you know exactly what it can do for you.
0: Mm.
1: Uh,
0: I I understand. I'm sure it's going to happen in our lifetime in no time at all. Just, uh, uh, I can wait. I can wait as long as possible.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's, that's the answer to your weightlifting issue. You know, I mean, how is a watch going to know it you're is. lifting 50 pounds or a hundred pounds? It's not, but what will, what, what <sighs> will know is sensors reading the, the, the real time hormones in your blood, giving wireless feedback to, uh, to your Apple watch.
0: Uh, it's, it's so right, Joshua. I'm just. <laughs> Uh, what are we going to do?
1: Maybe something we can take out at night or something. I don't know. Just Perhaps. Something we can unplug from our brains or something.
0: <laughs> oh, can you imagine if we had to charge the chip? <laughs> okay, so moving on from chips and the apocalypse and all that, I'm thinking about the September 9th Apple event where they're going to announce a lot of things. Uh, They're saying that we're going to get new iPhones and everybody for a short while was expecting that to be mainly an iPhone event where they may also announce, you know, a few other small things and uh, the Apple TV. But as it is now, it actually sounds like this is going to be a huge event, guys. Any thoughts on the scope of this event? They're holding it at a bigger facility in San Francisco. They're talking about releasing or at least announcing the very a new line of iPads expected to be out in October or so, or at least available for pre-order in October and then iPhones and Apple TV and new watch bands. It seems like a a long list. The,
2: the pro, the iPad pro news that, that broke, I think early today, um, that that was going to happen. That was a, a big surprise. It's starting to make a little more sense though, why they, uh, why they booked a bigger venue. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Apple, um, especially with this new Apple TV, they set up, you know, different rooms to show how things integrate with each other. I'm really hoping that this new Apple TV is just the beginning of how the connected home happens in my personal opinion i feel like the apple tv should be the main hub of of all the connected home stuff and things should kind of branch out from there um it seems like just like with the invitation where it says hey siri give me a hint that seems like just a that seems like a big hint in and of itself they're hoping that this becomes just like when you get home and you sit on the couch you ask Siri something and it takes you where you need to go. Yeah. Um, and then the, uh, I believe, uh, John from from BuzzFeed uh, said that there will be universal search similar to Amazon... Uh, Fire TV and Roku and I think that's huge I mean Universal Search the Apple has been in Apple TV has been in need of that for a very very long time especially with I mean you you turn on your Apple TV to you know each day and there's a new channel um, that just popped up um, (laughs) on that on that ever-growing list Um, so I'm really really excited
0: yeah, there's well over 55 unique channels or apps or whatever you want to call them that pop up on that home screen of wow. the Apple TV. And I know, like, I'm a conscientious parent, so I've blocked a few and others you could only get into with passwords, and I'm, I'm just kind of concerned about how complex it's going to get as they're introducing more to this new Apple TV line. What they have said, though, what we know for sure in the leaks is that there's going to be one, maybe two different models the new model starting at 149 and if there is another model it'll start at 199 now it'll come in black like it always has with a very similar like hockey puck body but the remote will have new features one thing it'll be sporting black it'll have a black finish to match the mystique of the Apple TV device but it'll also have motion controls in it and but not too many extra buttons, but we should expect it to also double as a game controller. Is is that right?
2: Yeah, first it seems like it's gonna double for for as like a motion center game controller, similar to the original Wii. That's that's the functionality that they're comparing it to. Uh, I think that that could be real huge, even if they just kind of corner the kids game market with that that alone would be humongous Um, and with the a chip it seems like they're going to be able to do a ton more graphics wise and that it'll be on par with some of these you know, some of these like indie games that you'll see on on other consoles. Um, And then one thing about the remote that not many people are making a big deal of, but uh, I am, is that it's just going to be physically bigger. And right now is a perfect example I don't have my iPhone on me right now because my wife is in the other room using it as the remote for my Apple TV because we just lost the remote once again um <laughs> yesterday and I was looking for it before I, I got onto Skype and I just couldn't find it. So I was like, here, just take my iPhone and, and, and use the remote app. Um I'm I'm just excited about that alone that because I have a I have a Fire TV stick. Yeah. The remote size on the Fire TV stick is is, is a lot thicker and it's and it's black, so it's e- you know I, I, it's, it's more easy uh, easily discernible when you're kind of looking for something. So it's it's going to be really it's going to be a really really nice remote from what all the leaks uh, at least make it up to be.
0: Now you said you already pointed out it has the n- new processor to the Apple TV, but this is last year's iPhone processor. This year's iPhone is going to get an A9 chip, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I I don't know that I would upgrade just for that reason, but it is interesting that the that that's one compelling reason to consider the the iPhone hardware if you want to upgrade this year, especially for the people that are still on the iPhone 5s, and oh, God forbid if you're still on the iPhone 5.
1: Shush, but shush. It, it just, <laughs> I'm still there. <laughs> Leave
0: me alone the trick here is is that the apple tv doesn't really need this year's a9 hardware or chip i should say because of what its needs are it's going to be mostly streaming there's going to be very small games on it if you think about the scale of most uh, iphone games they're just not all that big now there are some exceptions though and i was wondering how much of this are they going to stream from your Mac or your iPhone or other device? Because a few of the games are actually pretty intense with their 3D rendering graphics. And if you want to get really into some of the hardcore gaming on the, on the Apple TV, it's not like we're talking about Angry Birds. Like if people wanna play this device as a serious gaming device, then how exactly are they gonna manage the larger games, do you think?
2: Well, this is why I think they're doing the two models. um, The 149, that's apparently 8 gig, and the 199, that's apparently... Uh, 16 gig. I've had pretty big games on my iPad I mean I've had them up to like one and a half gigs but they also may employ something that they're, that they're introducing in iOS 9 which is they kind of um, download a level of the game like on the fly or they pre-download the next level um, and they kind of do their own kind of app management so that it's never downloading the entire app at the same time. I think that they could probably, especially if this is going to run a version or a subset of iOS 9. I think that they are going to have to do some kind of crazy, you know, software hacks in the background so that you're not filling up your eight gig Apple TV, um, you know, after you play one or two games.
0: One of the things I'm probably most interested in is the new interface where you'll be able to switch from the various apps and, and interact with the search function because, It would be great, wouldn't it, if you could talk to Siri right from the device with or without the remote? I I don't know. Like, would we just say, ahoy, Apple TV, (laughs) and then uh, tell her what we wanted? Do y'all see voice commands being a thing of the new interface and really making it useful? Like we were already saying, there's so many channels on the Apple TV screen that I'm never going to go hunt and peck through half of them. I'm going to spot the the five or six that I like most and keep referring to them for all of my entertainment. So I, I just don't see how they're going to make good use of all the potential content on the Apple TV, unless proactive search across all of it really works well. And it's much easier to search. So you're not using the remote or the keyboard on your iPhone to tap away into a search box. Because just yesterday I was doing a search on YouTube to show my brother a good music video and it, it kept on gumming up. I think it was sort of like the response time between the the phone and the Apple TV. The Apple TV was getting the wrong signals and I would start typing and it would introduce characters I wasn't typing. It was laggy. I, that should be corrected by the A8 chip. But the other problem was that once I would move over to a, a list and I'd try to scroll it, it would not stop scrolling the list. It just got faster and faster and faster mm. speeding through the list. And I should hope that little annoyances like that are corrected in the interface along the way, that we're not just getting pretty icons, that we're not just getting a, a snazzy new way to present the Apple logo every time it powers up. But it actually, it deals with the rough corners, like that we should not encounter strange iPod-like scrolling situations. That would be one thing that's very exciting to me when they develop the the design of the interface over this uh, this update. And as soon as they can get that available for my Apple TV on the Apple uh, third gen, the third gen Apple TV, it just it cannot arrive fast enough. It'll make a world of difference to me.
2: I hope that they bring the new OS design to the old Apple TV because it seems like they're going to keep it around for when Apple eventually launches a TV subscription service, um, at least according to the leaks, of course. So it'd be nice if that got a bit of a facelift so people can get a taste of what they're missing and, you know, what kind of improvements they'll see plus more um, if they want to upgrade.
0: Now, a lot of people said that it's not going to have 4K video support. Do any of us mind that? Because I'm pretty happy with the HD TV that we get now.
2: I'm I'm completely okay with not having 4K.
0: I mean, or, or would you run out and consider upgrading your TV if you saw that that had been available for a few years on the Apple TV? I don't foresee upgrading my TV for that particular reason. It'd have to be something else to make it more compelling.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, 4K TVs are... are- not really a norm and i I certainly don't have one and i I don't think that i think that makes perfect sense what i don't care for is the you know the the one-year-old chip i just think that's that's not looking far enough ahead into the future you know considering they upgrade these apple tvs every three to three to four years i'm not sure why they're not i guess going that one step ahead to yeah i guess future proof it a little bit
2: i think that one reason they can't put like what Will probably be called the A9 that they're going to put in the 6S. Um, why they can't put that in the Apple TV is because Apple has such a hard time supplying enough chips just to get the phones out during these launches, and then eventually get the iPads out during these launches. That I feel like it would have been really, really tough on them to also put the A9 in the Apple in the Apple TV. But I also see your point in why are you not future-proofing this? If you're, if you're waiting three years to upgrade the hardware so right you know hopefully this will last us for for a, another three years at the minimum it, it just
1: seems like they're not quite putting they're all in to like moving this from a hobby to something that they're actually interested in like if, if if the rumors were you know we're going you know a9 or at least an a8x like the ipad 2 air air 2 whatever it's called I guess I I don't know I would I would have more of a warm fuzzy that they are really actually moving forward with this rather than I, I guess we'll see next week but uh, <laughs> yeah I'm I'm just on the fence
0: yeah there's a lot to see I, I always stop everything I hold the presses to watch an Apple event if I can
1: yeah I've I've uh, I've called off of work I've I've put my leave in and I'm taking a half day nice. <laughs> Usually, usually I read the, read the live blogs at work, but I'm like, no, I, last time someone scheduled a meeting and I, and, and I missed it. So no, I'm calling off. I'm sick. Sorry. (laughs) Doctor appointment.
0: Well, the other big thing that they're probably going to talk about is the iPad pro and there's going to be a new iPad mini an iPad mini four, and they're probably not going to update the iPad air model because the iPad air two is somewhat ahead of the curve For its hardware, the software, the apps that are coming out for the iPad these days, which are few and far between, are just not really taxing the iPad Air 2. So there's not a huge reason to try and um, just change up that hardware just yet. But I, I find this very interesting. What Apple is interested in doing, accomplishing with an iPad Pro, it seems like it's their attempt to make the iPad interesting again. I feel like there's a lot of ambiguity to it. Are they just experimenting with the platform because they're talking about, it's going to have the new A series chip. It's going to support the split screen apps, but so will the other iPads. Well, at least a few of the other iPads will support split screen apps. And then there's going to be a uh, new video camera hardware on the iPad mini, and it's going to be thinner, but this iPad pro is going to be larger. So it's going to have a bigger display which seems to be attractive to a lot of people. And there's this assumption it's going to be more useful and and readily uh, influential to enterprise markets where you'll have a stylus and you'll be able to do more with enterprise apps. Does that seem like a compelling thing to you guys? Do you see that being something that would make the iPad Pro successful?
2: I think iOS 9 was a good first step in separating the ipad and the iphone with ios functionality but i agree i don't think split screen alone um should be the big thing when they announce this i or if they announce this ipad pro i think that they need to take it one step further and maybe that's the force touch slash stylish or or maybe it's maybe it's even more software customization but i agree i think you know they could be experimenting i mean they that's definitely a possibility but they need to give people a compelling reason to to want to upgrade to not only a bigger iPad, but I'm going to presume that this is going to cost even more than your standard iPad. So they, they have a, a tough sell. So they're going to have to really do a good job in
0: marketing that. Would you consider using a stylus? Have you used any styluses with the iPad up to this date?
2: No, I've not. I mean, I've, I've definitely tried them and, and used them from a couple of friends, but um, I don't. I don't really have much desire to, to use a stylus. I mean, if I was an artist and I was doing a lot of stuff like that, um, definitely, but I'm really, really fast at typing and swiping and scrolling. I, I, I don't have
0: really the need to use a stylus. I'm just imagining the people who don't get it for the stylus, but they want to get it for the larger display and sitting uh, cradling it in their lap or beside them in the bed while watching TV. And I think that that'd be one of the compelling reasons for some people, but it's not the stylus. It's not the fact that it's got a pro, you know, in the name it's, it's just going to be the idea that, Oh, this is going to last longer because it has the most advanced hardware. I can carry this around for watching video anytime, any place. The other day I was thinking about the iPhones that if you want to share a video with someone and show them something you like, and you want to point out some things in a video, the picture quality on an iPhone in the palm of your hand is pretty good, but the speaker quality is not. And the speaker quality on iPads is not much better than that on the iPhone models that are available today. So if you're trying to share video with friends and, and co-workers, it can be difficult to hear what you're watching. And just having an iPad Pro model that has two built-in speakers could possibly, be a compelling reason for a lot of people who just are harder of hearing or they, it's there's no point in sharing a video if you can't also hear the thing. And so having an iPad that would make more sound would make it more compelling.
2: Yeah, I think that would definitely draw a lot of people to it. But in my, at least in Apple's history, they don't have the best track record of putting in great speakers in their products. Um, so that's the thing that kind of, Discourages uh, that theory. I'm, I mean, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that they make a point of of, of having. Who knows? Maybe they have some kind of built-in front-facing um, speakers. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's it's awful. I, I'm always I'm always trying to share a video on a laptop or a phone, and it's just never loud enough. Um, I mean, with the laptops, if if you buy a third-party app called Boom, that works really really great. But you don't have those options um, on iOS. So yeah, I mean, the bigger the screen, the more you're going to want to share. So that that's a good point. Hopefully Apple sees that as a as a
0: selling point. And we should expect the new iPad Pro to come out later this fall. They're, they're talking about a November release. That's pretty interesting. I'll be glad to try it out. I don't see myself upgrading from my iPad Air because I have about another year of good use out of it. And I, I want to milk it for all it's worth and then hand it off to the kids. I'm with you.
2: I have the original iPad Air, and I can't, I cannot justify um, upgrading. It's still really, really fast and gets the job done for me.
0: But see, here's the thing, though. We'll have three different tiers. The iPad Mini is still a very valid product, so there will be many customers who are compelled by the fact that it is thinner, it's lighter, it's more compact, it's it's easier to use in some respects. So, I. I don't know if there will be enough to compel me to to really invest in the iPad pro when the day comes I'm looking at new iPads. Uh, do you have any thoughts about that, Joshua because you've got a lot of kids. Do you see them using the iPad pro for maybe more educational purposes and th- would that make it more attractive
1: they 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 will not see an iPad pro until they get a job. And make at least twenty thousand a year. That's 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 my standard, <laughs> uh, and I say that because I just took the iPad Mini in to try to get a screen repair, and the uh, the screen was going to cost just as much as the iPad is worth. So, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah. I, I'm more I'm at I'm at the the budget end, and I'm looking into like buying like old. Like certified used iPad minis in bulk or something, you know, just like so I can just throw them out when they break. Yeah, the refurbished line. So that's kind of I'm on that end of the spectrum. So, yeah, they will. If if I do happen to buy an iPad Pro and I I am actually uh, due for a personal iPad upgrade, uh, I will be locking it up when I go to work. They will not be looking at it.
0: Mm. While hopping back to the Apple TV, Coyote, there was some update to the Hulu uh, membership service uh, this past week. I know that you guys both use Hulu. Are you both interested in getting this upgrade?
2: You know what? I'm I'm not I I thought I may have been when there was a rumor of it but uh I've kind of kind of got used to paying and stilling, still watching ads. I mean, it's similar to when you're paying for for cable. I mean, you still have commercials um but I don't know if it's worth the extra 5 bucks. I mean, it's not it's not a, a humongous inconvenience. I can always mute the TV when it's a repetitive ad. I mean, that's one thing that Hulu <laughs> yeah. is really, um, really bad about is they'll serve the same ad over and over again in the same episode uh, of the show. <laughs> um, so I find I find that really annoying. Um, but you know what? This is, you know, this is a... Uh, a move that is is on the outside supposed to be beneficial for the customer but people forget that Hulu is owned by CBS Fox or NBC, it's owned by three out of the four major studios and network television uh, studios. So they, they're just, they're just trying to figure out a way to get your money in whatever way that they can. (laughs) You know, they're either going to get your money if you pay Time Warner for a cable subscription. um, And if not, they're going to get your money this way. So I don't know, I'm kind of boy, I'm kind of boycotting this. I am going to stick with my $7.99 Hulu plan. And you know, I'll through the ads.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I barely get my eight dollars a month worth out of Hulu as it stands now. Uh, you know, it, without you know doing without the commercials would be nice, but when I walk away after watching a show, like I'm like I'm confident that Red Lobster has an endless shrimp scampi special, you know, so like, <laughs> I can like walk away. like I just know that that's a thing and like, I don't have to scratch my head and wonder what was that one shrimp thing? <laughs> no, I know it's Red Lobster endless shrimp scampi. So th- there is, there's something to be said for the repetition. Maybe it's intentional.
0: That's what I love about Netflix is that it's so it feels so liberating to have a completely commercial free viewing experience. The other day, I—I I don't know if you can tell my voice—I've had a cold for about a week. And the other day, I just wanted to crash and watch some, you know, mindless television. I turned on the Agents of Shield show, and I was playing catch up. I, I watched about half a season in one day, and I just remember thinking to myself, "If I was using Hulu, I know how many commercials I would have watched just now, <laughs> and that'd been more than uh, that would have been approaching about an hour's worth of television." of commercials throughout the day just to binge watch the show I was really wanting to, to get. And it's just so nice to, to actually have options here. This is what I like about the scenario right now. Having the Apple TV, having new services that Apple is introducing, the fact that they're honing what they already have so that it's easier to search at all. I'm I'm finding that even though I don't like the, the constant flux and the unfocused view of all the content that I I do appreciate that we have our options here. So if I still want to get a Blu-ray copy of something or pick up a rental at a red box, it's not like the Apple TV has made it impossible for me to watch something off of the Blu-ray player. I can have those two set top boxes together. And then for super convenience, I can still rent things from uh, iTunes, like movies collection For the Apple TV, and so oftentimes I'll have a friend over and we'll sit down and watch a movie together just off the cuff where we found it on the movie selection in iTunes and we're streaming it in the the home. And I don't – I have DVDs. I, I don't use them anymore because they're standard definition and you can tell a huge difference between their quality and what you get from streaming, which is superior to the standard definition DVDs. So it's it's just really nice the flexibility that's being introduced now, but I think, like you pointed out, Coyote, I do like the Amazon Fire Stick for so many reasons. It's um in some ways it has already got ahead of Apple mm. in terms of this uh the interface design. I know it's it's got its issues too, but I prefer some things about how it works because it seems more state of the art. It gets away from those interface. Decisions that look like they were based on 2005 iPod interface design. Like, we're so far removed from clickwheels now. So, it'd be refreshing just to see what we can do with Siri, like commanding the command center of our Apple TV and navigating around. I'm really looking forward to this, having the options with Hulu in the future and uh, many others, there's many other, uh, you know, entertainment providers that still want to show ads to support the service so that they don't charge the viewers as much. But I prefer if I can do anything about it to filter it down to the providers that have less of the commercials or no commercials at all. And that's what really matters to me.
1: So the upside of using uh, or having commercials in some of these services is, of course, it gives you an option to go to the bathroom without, <laughs> without just like artificially pausing it, or it gives you a chance to check your Facebook, your email, your Twitter, that sort of thing. So that's true. That's that's one of these things that these uh, some of these services need to realize is. You're not just going to be sitting there, sitting there, staring at the TV like you had three channels and that's the only options you've got. I mean, everyone's got their iPhone in their lap or their iPad or, or whatever. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've I've noticed
2: that that actually can come in handy. You know, you want to pop some popcorn or or you know, running and, and grab something out of the fridge. It could, it could work to your benefit.
0: See, I'm—I've moved past that. I just don't even think about it anymore. <laughs> I guess between shows is when I yeah, take the intermission. I'll, I'll when it calls up the next show is about to start. I'll that's when I'll freeze it and uh, go get the ice cream. Well, guys, we had so much more we could have talked about, but it's really <laughs> the end of the show. The, the last forty-five minutes blew by so fast. I know. Ah, oh, man, I wish we could have a second parter.
2: Listen, I, I'm down to come back on the show whenever you'd like. It's been a blast.
0: Oh, thank you, Coyote. You're, you're just the greatest. I really enjoy your show. Where do you want people to discover your show? If they're not already listening to it, they're crazy. <laughs>
2: I appreciate that. Um, if they want to discover our show, it is at 5by5.tv five five slash D-A-U. Um, and if you're interested in any of my antics, uh, I'm at Joe Coyote, C-A-I-A-T-I on Twitter.
0: Super. Thank you, Joshua, for joining me for the show again. Yeah, man. It's always nice to have time together to chat about technology. We're geeks, and you especially are interested in all the video wares and what you can do with the family around the TV. So I know you could appreciate the subject. I cannot wait to see what they're going to do. I know we're going to be IMing a lot while we see the event on September 9th.
1: Yes, I cannot wait.
0: So this ends episode 22. If you would like to retrieve the show notes and links, you'll find them at tectonic.fm slash 22. If you want to chat with us, the show is at tectonicfm on Twitter. And like our guest said, he is at Joe Coyote. That's J-O-E-C-A-I-A-T-I. I'm underscore Joe Darnell, and my co-host is Joshua Pfeiffer on Twitter. His last name is spelled P-E-I-F-F-E-R. And you can also follow up on the show with your emails. So if you want to submit something that we would discuss in a future episode, send that to hello at tectonic.fm. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to Tectonic.